0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs. It's the second nine on a 14. Herbert with pressure up the middle, and he's brought down inside the five. Max Crosby got off the edge and swung through the middle, and like a bolt of lightning, took Herbert down for his second sack of the game.
1: Las Vegas Raiders color analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins Unnecessary Roughness right now on Raider Nation Radio.
0: And the great Lincoln Kennedy does join us now as we kick off hour number three of the show. And Lincoln, thanks so much for your time. It's always great to catch up with you, my man. We definitely appreciate you. The Raiders lose 24-17 to the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. Aiden O'Connell gets the start. What did you see from the young man? Uh, Did he get more comfortable, in your opinion, as the game went along?
2: Well, first of all, it's going to be with you. and you want to know how important you are to me, Q, I, I, I canceled my favorite song to talk to you, so I just want to let you know that, <laughs> that usually when I hear that song on the radio, I put everything else off, but, uh, you know, you're, you're up there in, in, in my goodwill box, so it's going to be with you. I will say this about Aidan O'Connell. Look, I think the future looks bright as far as his ability, but he just has to play faster. And this is one of the things where you can make the case – where he probably got spoiled in the preseason by the way he had it, you know, his first NFL starts. Um, but most of the time I know that defensive coordinators do everything vanilla. They just want to go through. They don't want to get anybody hurt. So it's not like they were scheming for him. The Chargers did a little bit of scheming for him, but the big thing was with the sacks, you, you've got to get rid of the football. That doesn't just fall on the offensive line. That falls on everybody. Receivers getting open, quarterbacks. Making a decision where to go with the football, pre-snap read, that type of thing. So, you know, when you look at a lot of the sacks that happened uh, to uh, to the Raiders on Sunday, it wasn't like Khalil Mack, who had most of them, was doing anything specific or, you know, you know, big, you know, really, really big. He was just wearing down the players and beat the guys,
3: right? You know?
2: and, and you got to have guys that stand up to to it longer than that. More importantly. You know, there's got to be an internal clock that goes off in Aiden's head. When you hit four Mississippi, that ball has got to come out of your hands or bad things are going to happen to you.
0: Outside of Aiden getting that ball out of his hand a little bit quicker, is there anything else the Raiders could have done to try to slow down that Chargers pass rush?
2: Well, no, because they were, most of the time they were just rushing four. Mm-hmm. So, it, look, your, 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 your right tackle needs help, okay? There's no secret about it. I'm not mixing words. I'm not trying to be mean. Your right tackle needs help. If there's anyone that has, you should be helping him, it's got to it's be him. And you need to help him almost every pass play, whether it's a chip or you put someone else to block it, because he, he struggles, and he struggles in space. So, you know, if you're going to go anywhere, you have to remember, we've got a quarterback that's had some injuries in his, in his career. You've got to protect him in order to keep him upright. Jimmy Garoppolo would not have finished this game if he had played on Sunday against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, and they've got you know they've got to make sure that they're able to protect him if he does come back this week, which it sounds like as long as he's healthy, he will be back under center this week. What did you see from Josh Jacobs? You know, he had a big game running and then obviously receiving as well.
2: Well, I think receiving is a place that's been one of his untapped potentials where he, what he can do. I mean, if they can institute plays sort of like the Saints did with Alvin Kamara or guys like that coming out of the backfield, even with the Chargers did with Austin Eckler, I think will be a valuable point of their offense. I don't know if they have it uh, in them. I haven't seen enough of it over the last couple years to say they do. But I I think that's a a point where Josh Jacobs can definitely get some some more um, real estate on and and do a little bit better. As far as the running game is concerned, I saw a little bit better idea of the communication. This past week against the Chargers, I saw the receivers, whether it was Myers who got called for an egregious a bad penalty on a crackback block, or whether it was a Devontae Adams, receivers going in there and digging out that safety, I really think helped the helped the, the run game get started as
0: well. What did you think of Devontae coming back after that shoulder injury that he suffered early in the game?
2: Well, it just shows you what type of tripper he is. I mean, he's taking yeah. some malicious hits. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Jimmy G didn't do him any favors a couple of weeks ago when he set him up for that hit over the middle where he was slow to get up. But he's just a warrior. And, and I can appreciate the fact that he wants to win. We just need more of it. Right. I mean, I really need somebody to have an attitude on that team, Q, other than Devontae Adams or Max Crosby. Somebody to have an attitude to give in the other guy's face, you know, to, to call them out saying that you got to be better, you've got to do better in order for us to be better. You know, we all have to do better. Uh, You know, these little press conferences where guys are talking about how upset they are and I I hate to lose. Hey, you you should hate to lose. Everybody should hate to lose. That's the difference between winning and losing, you know what I mean? But what are you going to do about it? And you've got three games at least, three games, the next three games to me that are winnable, you know, for the Raiders. And if they could finish, you know, this next three-game spin or finish this next month, either – you know, before they play Detroit, because I think Detroit's going to be tough at home on Monday night. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if they can finish this, this, this next month of football at 4-3 and three or 4-4, four and four, I think they put themselves in a position to really challenge for the division because, let's face it, I, I think Kansas City's going to lose a few games. I think the Chargers are going to lose a few games. You know, the Broncos, or even though they won this past weekend, are still pretty bad. The Raiders have a chance if they can take care of business in their division at least try for a wild card.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That's got to be the goals, right, to try to make the playoffs. If you're the silver and black, it's been yeah. too far and in between uh, that they've done that. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, Lincoln, the, the question I threw out there to Raider Nation today was, if the Raiders are going to get this thing turned around, and that's a big if, if they're going to get it turned around, what has to happen? So, from your point of view, what has to happen with this team to, to be able to turn things around?
2: Offensive line has got to start blocking, running pass better. Defense has got to get turnovers shorten the field for the offense. Uh, whether it's defensive in conjunction with special teams or what have you, they've got to give the shorter field to the offense to make it easier for the offense to score and not be so you know time-consuming. If that makes sense. But offensive line's got to play better. Defense has got to get turnovers and, and continue to get sacks. And just got to you know there's other people who have got to stand up and be counted and and, and be recognized. And I just don't see that unanimously out of this team yet. I see. You know, sparks and individuals here and
0: there, but unanimously, I don't see it. There's been too many times where they shoot themselves in the foot. My perfect example of that was David Long Jr. just walking right past the line of scrimmage, and then Max Crosby gets a sack, but it's eliminated because of that penalty. Those kind of penalties, Lincoln, those can't happen. They just can't.
2: Well, I mean, that's that's the thing that has plagued the Raiders for some time now. It's it's not just this year. It's plagued the Raiders. I mean, you had bonehead penalties. How many times last year or the last couple of years did we see, you know, guys jumping off sides or false start at home in Allegiant? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, it's not it's not the most deafening place, even though you do have a lot of visiting fans there and they might be making noise. There is really no reason that you can't hear. You can't hear the quarterback call out the cadence when I can hear him and I'm up, up in the press booth.
0: Right. Exactly, and again, that that play right there really kind of summed it all up for me was seeing him walk right smooth past the line of scrimmage. I was like, all you got to do is watch the ball. Right. Like, that's the that's the number one thing you, your job is to watch the ball. What can Coach McDaniels or any other coaching staff do to try to correct those just simple boneheaded mistakes? Nothing you really can do because you're talking about grown men. You yeah.
2: can't discipline grown men. I mean, you can make them run, but what good is that going to do? Right. It's going to come out of the individual. You know, if you really want to take an extreme step at it, Sit their ass down. Create yeah. a penalty. You don't play. Right. You know what I mean. If you're costing a team, I don't need you on the field because you're not doing me any good. You know what I mean. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to take, if you want to take it there, I just don't see that happening. But you know, look, it's it's the small bonehead mistakes that have killed this team since I've been covering them, right. which is you know all the way back to 2015. So that's quite quite a while. But it's it's hard. It, but it, these are professionals. There's really no reason for it. There's no reason for Jerry Tillery to, to, to hit, you know, Justin Herbert three yards out of bounds and, and not think he's going to going to get ejected. I don't care what your feelings are for the Chargers or how bad they might have rubbed you. You can't do that.
3: Right. You can't do
2: that in the National Football League. Right. So you, you're not only going to get a fine today or a fine tomorrow sitting on your, your locker for, for hitting him a the late out of bounds and getting ejected, but, you know, you, you, you put yourself in position where the refs are looking for that from now on, so you might get more calls than not if you're even near a quarterback and
0: hit them the wrong way, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here. At Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty, necessary roughness, talking about the Raiders' loss to the Chargers on Sunday, twenty four seventeen, at Allegiant State or at uh, excuse me, at SoFi Stadium. Raider Nation was there, loud and proud at the stadium there at SoFi, but uh, the Raiders weren't able to come up with the victory. And you know, Lincoln, these one score games, you know, in the NFL, you're going to have more one score games than than not. The Raiders just seemingly, for some reason, can't come up with that victory at the end when they have a chance. They were right there at the end again two weeks in a row. They just can't come up with that one big play that they need. Well, it means you have to take care of
2: business with the other, you know, 48 minutes or whatever it is, not yeah. waiting to the last minute uh, in order to get it. And I don't think, uh, know if the Raiders are there yet. Look, they're a capable team in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do I think this team is capable of going to Super Bowl? No. Right. Do I think this team is getting to the playoffs? Yes. Do I think this team makes can win a playoff game? Depending on who they play first. But right. the, the, it also depends on, on how much they get done between now and the end of the season. I'm not ready to throw up the panic flag or surrender, but I got to get more, and I haven't seen it in the first month of football.
0: You know, I, I was talking yesterday on the show about what we saw in training camp and even preseason, and it felt like – you saw some really good things from this team. And then you get into the regular season and you see how much different it is that it just doesn't always translate. And that even goes to Aiden O'Connell. It just doesn't translate into the regular season. Why is it so difficult to judge a team during training camp and preseason?
2: Well, because training camp, people don't put much emphasis in training camp anymore. Most coaches aren't starting their starters, so they don't go game planning. They just want to get through the motions. It's, it's almost like a necessary evil where you have to get through. I think training camp and preseason is essential because I think it gives times – it gives guys time to gel and come together and learn how to play with one another. If you don't do that, then you're using the first month of the season to get them game ready, and that could put you behind the eight ball. You could start off 0-4, you know what right. I mean? Of yeah. course, you would love to start off 4-0, and but you could start off 0-4. You can start off in there, and you really don't have no true identity with the team. I'm not saying the Raiders are there yet. I can make a true assessment on what kind of team they are just because of what I've seen and what I've followed. But the difference between training camp and regular season is that you know, guys just don't and coaches don't prepare as hard as they do in the regular season as they do in the training camp. So you're going to get everyone's real NFL
0: speed during the regular season. Tyree Wilson looked like he was playing a little bit better, a little bit faster from a two point stance. What did you see from Tyree last week? Just takes
2: more snaps. Yeah. It takes more snaps against different people, against different tackles. You know, it, it, it takes it takes more snaps for him to be out there to learn what he can do, to see the speed of the game, to see how he fits in. it, just want to take more steps. That's all.
0: How encouraging was what you saw in the second half from the defense, only allowing, well, not any points, and only allowing really 36 yards outside of that long 51-yard uh, completion at the end to salt the game away, but uh, just the defense in general not allowing any points in the second half?
2: Potentially it's a good sign. It shows you what you're capable of. And the only one that should really impress are the guys who wear the uniform. Right. other than anyone else. I mean, you know, they should know that, that this is what we've expected. This is what we come to, to to realize that we are capable of and be able to do that every week. Now, there's some offenses that have definitely a lot more finesse, and the Chargers are missing some key people. But, you know, there's things like you don't let Keenan Allen get, get open in a slant. Right. You know, you just don't do that. If you need to take notice, you take notice of who the pertinent people are and this all in every offense that you play, just like you know, opposing offenses take notice of number seventeen or number eight is in the backfield. Right. Everybody's is, is is you know coaching or playing for that. Same thing with the Raiders.
0: And they finally came up with a turnover. Trayvon Merritt got an interception, but he also missed one. And I know he's playing with the club, but yeah. he missed one. And then Marcus right. Peters got his hands on the ball again and wasn't able to come up with it. Lincoln, they're just not creating those turnovers that they worked so much on in training camp.
2: Well, I mean, that's what's got to happen. If you want to turn this thing around, you you got to win the turnover battle. The Raiders are, are, are poor in the turnover battle throughout the league. I think they're minus eight, if I'm not mistaken. I have my notes right in front of me, but then that's not good. And then you talk about the fact that they've struggled on offense. They struggled right. on getting any consistency after their opening drives where they've had success on scoring, you know, in most of their games. They have got to be better. They've got to be better, and they've got to be better at making adjustments in the half when you know what a team is going to do to you, you've got to be able to make adjustments in half on and come out with a little bit more vigor and a little bit more reassurance that you know what the hell you're doing out there.
0: Yeah, we had Amber Theo Harris on earlier today, and she said that as well. Coming out of the locker room in the third quarter, they've got to come out of the locker room with their hair on fire, and they're not doing that. And uh, final thing for you, Lincoln, it's the second and third quarter. They have not scored a touchdown yet in four games. I mean, what is it going to take to get something going in the middle of the game as opposed to the, the first quarter and the last quarter?
2: Creativity. And execution—that's what it comes down to. Look, coaches coach, but players play. Mm-hmm. And if a coach didn't did his wherewithal, or did his true study, and to say, you know what, this play should work, whether you have to put it in the quarterback's ear, hey Jimmy, look for Hunter over the, over, uh, look for Hunter over the deep dig route. He'll come open over between the safety and the linebacker. Look for that. If you have to put it in words like that, so be it. But you've got to get everyone involved in this offense. You have far too many playmakers that have been relatively unheard of this season that you have got to get involved because teams are going to start taking away number 17. Teams are going to start trying to take away number 16. Teams that have already started taking away number eight. You've got to find a way to get the ball to the other playmakers to keep, the, keep it creative and keep the ball moving down the
0: field. I love it. I love it. Great stuff right there. Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy is the color commentary man for the Raiders broadcast side-by-side side with Jason Horowitz. Lincoln, thanks so much. We'll catch up with you on Thursday and we'll start previewing Monday night's game with the Green Bay Packers. You got it, Q. Talk to you later, brother. All right, my man. Appreciate you. There he goes. The great Lincoln Kennedy with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was a great mic drop moment right there. And that's what it's all about, man, that creativity that he's talking about. Creativity, uh, setting up the team for success. We've had plenty of Raider Nation call in and say basically the same thing. And, you know, there it is right there. Just got to figure out a way to get it going. The first quarter and the fourth quarter is not going to cut it. Right? That's cute and all. And we've talked for years, right, about uh, the Raiders not playing a full four-quarter game. Normally we talk about the first half or the second half. Now we're talking about the first quarter and the fourth quarter. It's like they're ghost-walking or ghost-riding, whatever they're doing, in the second quarter and the third quarter, and that's not going to get it done. Right? You can't try to start off well, then take a couple quarters off, then try to come flying back from behind at the end of the game and think that you're going to win too many games. It's just unfortunately not going to happen. So uh, really good stuff there from Lincoln Kennedy. Definitely appreciate him and his efforts each and every time that he joins the show. So uh, we want to hear from you. We've got a few minutes. Again, don't forget, coming up at 4.30, we'll hear from Coach Domain Reader from Clark High School, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. Let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200, one of our favorite guests. Quick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
4: Two ball what it do?
0: Chilling, man, chilling.
4: Appreciate it, man. Hey, whoo. What can we do to get better? What can this team? Nothing. Nothing. This team is stuck in the mud. When you watch the Raiders post a a post on Instagram with Max Crosby looking defeated as possible after the game, I got a feeling that we are going absolutely nowhere. I have to wonder where that locker room is right now. I honestly have to wonder where it is, where the thought process is for the coach. Patrick Graham, thank you very much for improving. We need that. But the stat that you just mentioned is So egregious when it comes to the second and third quarter. No points, no creativity. This team is stuck in the mud, not going anywhere. And I'll match you later, Q-Ball.
0: Hey, good stuff, good stuff. Quick always comes with a quick call. And I think stuck in the mud is a fair assessment, right? I mean, I, I do. When you average 15 and a half points a game, that is stuck in the mud. That's exactly the definition of it. I think that was a great way to describe it right there. Something has got to give. That first drive looks great. Right, you get into the end zone, great. Right, when Aiden O'Connell snuck it into the end zone, boom, he was good to go. All right, everybody's feeling good, right? The game is tied it up, knotted up at seven. Let's go. Here we go. It's a different ball game. Then all of a sudden, crickets and crickets and crickets. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's the fourth quarter. All right, let's go. i make some moves. Defense gave you chances. Defense gave you chances to get back into the game. I don't remember what drive it was, but I, it might have been the one where uh, Trayvon Merrick had the interception. Wright had a big-time return, but Robert Spillane got called for the penalty. Instead of it being on the Chargers' side of the ball, it was on the Raiders' side of the field, and they weren't able to muster anything out of that. They ended up getting that, that crackback penalty on Jacoby Myers. It ended up being, what, third and 35 or something like that, and they get nothing out of that. You've got to be able to score there. You've got to be able to make that happen. When you come up with a play, when you finally make a play, you've got to be able to take advantage of the plays. Uh Ravi hit us up on Twitter and you can hit us up at RNR 920 A. M. at RE Produces and that's your boy Q254Q. I think Josh McDaniels needs to run more like the West Coast offense, short passing game, because in today's NFL, it's getting hard to find good offensive line guys. So you go with quick passing game to help your O line. Josh McDaniels' system kind of getting outdated, but he won't do it though. That's from Ravi, and that kind of goes back to the the text that we had earlier about you know getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands and getting into the playmakers' hands and getting those yak yards. I mean that's that's kind of what it is. And you know I've said it before, and I know that uh, Jason and Maryland had a big problem with it yesterday, but you know the 49ers, they they don't throw the ball deep. They get the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands pretty quickly, and the guys make plays. So it's not like Brock Purdy's throwing the ball down the field, and I get it that they're a very successful team. They're a well-oiled machine, so it's hard to compare them to them, but I'm just talking about the length of the, the throws. They're not much different than what Jimmy G is doing. They're just not having the same exact success at this point. So uh, let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to our guy Glenn in Denver. Glenn, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. Thank you for
4: getting me on, bud. You know, something Lincoln said just really makes so much sense. Players play, coaches coach, right? Mm-hmm. So you got all these players, they know what their job is. Aiden, I mean, for Aiden, it's going to take time. You can't expect a kid to come in and just set the world on fire. He's got to get his timing in, kind of like their, uh, the defense, you know? I mean, it, it just gets really old here in McDaniels as surprised as everybody else why this stuff isn't working. He comes in, says the same thing over and over and over, like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. Well, we know that, but when (laughs) is all this going to happen? Right. You know?
0: Yep. It's
4: just, it's maddening. And, dude, I felt so bad for you on Monday listening to you. (laughs) I mean, Raider Nation was beside themselves, and I know you were kind of confused suffering the brunt of that one you could hear it on your in your voice man so i was sitting back feeling feeling bad for you there so i knew you just wanted to pop off and say some things that i know it's not your style but i commend you for that hopefully man we get this back on track and like you say man winning changes everything we we just got to get that win under the belt and really get things rolling to where whether jimmy g is aiden or whoever. I mean, Josh has got to start running the ball better. I mean, there's so many things that have to change. It's not just one piece. It, it's it seems like it's just everything. The offensive line, the defense, special team. I mean, we're, we're not getting the turnovers. We're turning the ball over way too much.
3: Yeah. It, and
4: you know, it just it it sucks right now. But it, it'll get better.
3: Hey,
0: Glint. Glenn, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things. I get it, man. Uh, losing sucks on all levels. It does. Uh, I hate losing. Everyone hates losing. I get it. So it's frustrating. I, I understand why Raider Nation is frustrated. It's been a very long time and a lot of losing as opposed to what Raider Nation deserves, which is a lot of winning. But, you know, kind of you take the good with the bad. And you just roll with it and do the best that you can. And uh, at least we know that this upcoming Monday it won't be a lot of doom and gloom because, well, the Raiders play on Monday. So at least if there's anything bad that comes from it, it'll come on Tuesday and not on Monday. But, uh, you know, we deal with it as we deal with it. Speak, but thank you for that call. I do appreciate you. Speaking of Jason in Maryland, and this was such a coincidence, I didn't know that he was going to text in. I just happened to remember the conversation we were having yesterday. He said on the text line, when did Joshua Daniels decide to give a Luminor help? Was it the fourth sack or the fifth sack? And to be honest – I heard him say after the game that, you know, basically they did everything they could to try to slow down Mac. I mean, I honestly didn't see it throughout the the majority of the game. I kept thinking, like, where's the help coming? You know, what are they going to, you know, throw everything at him? You know, make sure. And and what I mean by that is, remember that London game where the Raiders played the Bears, and that's when Khalil Mack had just been traded to the Bears, and Gruden said nobody uh, is going to allow 52 to beat beat us. Like, 52 is not going to get on Derek Carr. He's not going to sack him this game. And they did everything in their power to make sure that Mac did not have that kind of a day. That's what I was expecting at some point (laughs) to see from the Raiders on Sunday and it just didn't happen. So I I don't, to be honest, to answer you the question the best way I can, I don't know when he he gave him help. I saw uh, Jermaine Illuminor in there. I saw Thayer Mumford in there as that, you know, that big tackle up points. I, I don't have any idea. I just don't think that he's the right guy for that right tackle spot and I don't think that that's me breaking news. I think everybody knows that. Lincoln says it all the time, he's a swing tackle. That's who he is. I I wouldn't be mad if they kicked him in the right guard at this point, right, because uh, Van Roten is playing so high, as Lincoln said, that maybe – Jermaine Luminor has a, a shorter stature that he is. Maybe he, he'll be able to get lower. And then maybe Thayer Mumford could go and play that role. But apparently they're not ready for Thayer Mumford to be that full-time right tackle. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer and solution is uh, at the right side of that offensive line. One thing that Lincoln said that did stand out to me is the fact that, yeah, there was a lot of sacks. They weren't all on the offensive line, though, right? you got to be, as the quarterback, rookie or not, you've got to know four seconds, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four, boom, that ball's got to come out if not faster, right? So that's that's the thing there. So he's got to be able to get that ball to say, and that will come. It's just, you know, the first start, what do you expect? You know, the guy's nervous. He's going to have, you know, he's going to have some butterflies in his belly. The one thing about Aiden O'Connell I can appreciate, he didn't look nervous. He, he doesn't look the, you know, he doesn't look that he he fake it till you make it, right? Isn't that what they say? Fake it till you make it? He was able to do that. Uh, let's get one more quick call, and let's go out to the 559, man. Let's go out and talk to Jacob in Fresno. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey
5: you a uh, long time no talk uh, you know uh, I'm just kind of I know I'm probably being still real overly critical of coaching but it's just you know with the hype train of coming of all these are former New England guys and the, the New England program coming in but what I've kind of noticed the past two seasons they coach pretty decently when it's urgently like they can get down the field pretty urgently and make some quick scores but when a game's at a crucial moment that's when the calls are kind of head scratches and it kind of leaves us fans dumbfounded a little bit. And then, you know, it kind of goes back to the last two weeks that, like, the defensive calls, sending Nate Hobbs on a blitz when leaving his guy wide open so the Sealers could pick up an easy first down. That was a giant head scratcher. And then, you know, we did a great stop against the Chargers, you know, first down, second down, third and long. And we, like, all right, you know, there's no, at first, a lot of people thinking there's no way that they're going to pass, especially with a broken hand or a broken finger. But they go deep and there's nobody over the top to help them out. It's one on one with the rookie corner and you just you head scratching, you know, and that's the thing is I see is I see a lot of head scratching moments. So that's 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 my opinion of it, but but thank you, Q. Hey,
0: thank you for the call. I appreciate you. And yeah, I think there's a lot of head scratching moments. I think Amber Theo Harris described it great in our number one, right? They, they need to make more plays with the guys that they have that are playmakers, like the Devontae's like the Josh Jacobs, you know, the, the alpha dogs on the team, and, and, and got to have some stones when they do it, right? I mean, she said it straight up, and I think that she worded it perfectly. Got to have some stones and make some big-time plays and understand what you're doing and get the, hand, the ball into the guys that you trust the most, the guys that you don't mind going down. You know, if you're going to go down with the ship, go down with the ship with these guys. You know, I mentioned I mentioned Kobe and, and LeBron and MJ and you name superstar, right? When it comes to that last shot of the game, we want the best out there taking that shot, right? And she used a line that I use, and I know Wayne Gretzky said it and, and made it famous, you're guaranteed to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. That's something I say all the time. Uh, and it's true. There's no way you can dance it up. Shape it, I don't give a damn what analytics say. Uh, you're guaranteed to miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. And sometimes the Raiders don't take the shots that they need to take as far as I'm concerned. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Juan. Juan, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. How you doing? I'm right here trying to get it. <laughs>
6: I know that's right. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: man.
6: <that.
0: laughs> you feel me? I feel you. I feel you. No doubt.
6: <laughs> yeah, but, but that game uh, against the Chargers, man, I don't, I don't was painful to watch, you know, especially with uh, Matt going off for 6 acts, That one right there kind of hurt a little bit more. And I was I was upset that we just couldn't generate nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we got a pick. Right. The defense, the defense was cooking. And after that, it's nothing. And then, like, I don't understand why you're going to throw the ball, kind to do your, your, your Pete Carroll version, and then throw <laughs> a pick. Like, it right. with my man Josh Jay, you know what I'm saying? Get in, yeah. get that six. Tie the game up, and then who knows what happens in overtime. Right,
0: exactly. You and know, then and there was still time. There was still time in the game. They scored pretty quick, you know. They who knows what could have happened. So um, yeah, yeah, they got yeah. they got to make that happen.
6: Yeah, but you know, I'm not frustrated. I'm just you know a little upset. But uh, I'm gonna keep rooting these Raiders. You gonna see me counting right there for the Raiders every Sunday. I'm not tripping, Q. you. There know, you go. You keep your head up, baby. Let's go.
0: There it is. Juan the Smasher. Appreciate the call, my man. And uh, one more quick one. I promise we're going to get to coach in just a couple seconds. But Robert, in the 408, man, San Jose, California, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
3: Hey, thanks for taking my call real quick, Q. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we concentrate on getting the ball to the bottom a. a little too much. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did that to, to the detriment him and Jacoby Myers. And you know, you don't want to be myopic in, in, in that. This is a process, and you know, we have to, as Raider fans have to recognize, Raiders haven't drafted well in, in 20 years. Hopefully this was a, will be a good draft. I like some of the prospects we have. But this is just going to take some time to rebuild this team. And you got to be patient, and hopefully Dave Ziegler will, will get this uh, straightened out. But my question to you real quick is, say Garoppolo comes back Monday mm-hmm. night and the Raiders lose. They go to 1-4. and four. Going forward, do you put the rookie in and what do you tell Devontae and and Crosby and you maybe not try to lose, but see what you have in the rookie and, and, you know, if you happen to lose and you get a top five draft pick, top three draft pick, great, you know, where are you at on that?
0: Yeah, thanks for the call, Robert. Good stuff, and that's a great question, and that's why I was talking about not having Aiden O'Connell start this past weekend because I do think that really to get a good idea of who he is, you need to have four or five games, right? You need to let him play four or five games, and like I talked with John McClain earlier in the show, uh, you know, he said that he thought it was a good idea to play him at the end of the season to find out because you do need to find out what you have in him. I don't disagree with that at all. I just thought that week four was too soon, I didn't know if he was ready for actual regular season action. Uh, Clearly, he got better as the game went along. He was a little overwhelmed at first, but that's okay. right? That's going to happen with the rookie. But I don't think that a one-game sample size is really a good idea. We can't really say, hey, this is what we saw from Aiden O'Connell, and this is who he's going to be. They, they have to literally give him a good four or five-game sample size, like John McClain said, with multiple defenses that are throwing at him to see what, you know, what he can do and how he you know, stands in the pocket, how he delivers with multiple schemes coming at him. So, you know, I think depending on how everything goes, right, I mean, hell, the Raiders could look up in four weeks and be, you know, one in seven, right, and if that's the case, and they're probably looking at it like, hey, this season's going to be a wash. And, obviously, I'm not hoping for that. I know Raider Nation is not hoping for that. I can only imagine what this show sounds like if that were to happen. So I don't even want to think about that, right? That's an absolute nightmare. I would not want any of that to happen. But, you know, if that's the conversation that, hey, we're going to go with the rookie and see what he's got because we don't feel like this season is still there, that's when you go to your leader, like Devontae Adams, and say, what do you think? And and I'm not saying that they're going to do just what Devontae says, but I think he's earned the right to be – you know, conversated with when it comes to that. That's when you go to Josh Jacobs and say, hey, what do you think about this situation? That's when you go to Max Crosby and say, hey, dude, I know you're giving everything you got. What do you think about this? This is what we're thinking about doing. That's just what I think, gut feeling. I don't know that from a a sense of that's what's happening or what would happen. I just think that that would be the right thing to do, and I think that's what those leaders on your team, I think they've earned that. They've earned that respect. And I think that Josh McDaniels would probably tell you the same thing, and he's told us that multiple times in media sessions that, you know, guys like that have earned the right to go in their office and sit down and have a conversation. And he'll hear them out or they'll hear him out. You know, to have that. that's why they have that C on their chest, They're captains. So that's kind of what my gut feeling is. Uh, I think at some point this season, unless they're in the thick of things late in the season, I think that the Raiders will definitely go to Aiden O'Connell and show to find out what he's got. Uh, but, you know, again, last week I said, if it's a one-game sample size, go ahead and throw Hoyer out there. See what happens, and if it's, it's going to be a, hey, we're going to pass it on to the rookie and let him go ahead and do his thing, then go ahead and let him do his thing. I just thought week four was too soon, but, you know, here we are. He played. He played well towards the second half of the game, uh, towards the end, and it sounds like as long as Jimmy G is healthy, he'll be out there and starting On Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. 4.31 is the time. Thanks for all those calls. Juan the Smasher, Jacob in Fresno, Glenn in Denver, Quick, Robert in San Jose. Appreciate all that. Appreciate all the feedback. Uh, Jason in Maryland, appreciate the text as well. Coming up next, Coach Domain Reader, Clark High School, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. They got a big win over Cimarron, 17 16. You'll hear from him next here on Red Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out. Porta Subs 6-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of 3 made-to-order classic subs, made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day 6-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com.
6: It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: And joining us now on the phone line is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. That's Coach Domaine Reader from Clark High School. And Coach, congratulations on the award and the recognition. But really, congratulations on your team picking up a win over Cimarron 17-16. That's the first win of the season for your team. How big was that for the program?
6: It was a big uh, booster for our program. Uh, we've been in some games and out of games but uh not playing a couple of games is like we've always been a game behind trying to get that experience with uh quite a few young guys that we have on the team this year but uh for them to pull together at the end and and drive the ball down the field and kick the winning field goal was great for our team how much was that
0: or how much can you build off of that now that your team has had a taste of that success
6: Absolutely. Uh, our motto since I've been uh, the head coach with the program has always been for us, the finale mentality for uh, failure is not an option. So the kids have bought into that and uh, they they put that into action on uh, last Friday in order to just being resilient and driving down the field. So that's a big booster for us and uh, um, hope for things better to come with the program.
0: You know, and you mentioned that, you know, you're trying to get young guys to understand what you're doing and and trying to get them up to speed. How challenging has that been?
6: For me, man, I I know my purpose and what I was put here on the earth for. So for me, it's a challenge but not a challenge for me, being that once you know your purpose and you begin uh, to dwell and and live in that purpose, things come kind of not so much easy, but, you know, you live up to the challenge. So me helping young men and just children in general, um, makes it a, a, a fantastic job and a blessing to be able to to give back.
0: Talking right now with Coach Domain Reader from Clark High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I want to go ahead and continue with that because as a high school football coach, your job and your role and the hats that you wear are way more than just X's and O's and wins and losses. I mean, you're a coach, your father figure, your best friend, your mentor, and, and you embrace that. How important is that role to be able to, to take on all those different titles that you have?
6: Like I said earlier, man, it's my purpose, man. I, I, all those roles and things that you just um, talked about, but in advance, I also pastor church. So yeah. for me, man, it's just a matter of just giving back, man. If it's something, a nugget or whatever, something I say or how I live my life and it has a bearing on how these uh, young men and young women begin to do their things, that's a big, a big boost and a big, you know, a blessing just to be able to, to be a role model or whatever type of figure they're looking for.
0: How did that all come about for you? How did you realize what your purpose in life was?
6: My purpose, man, is uh, after playing ball and then playing after college and then just seeing that I was always attracted to you know, uh, helping young men and young women. So I just found another catalyst after you know, playing ball yeah. to uh, have another stage. And that stage just happened to be me in the high school sector.
0: That's awesome. It really is. Again, Co- Coach Domain Reader from Clark High School is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So having the Raiders so heavily involved in the community and high school athletics, how much does that help also with what you're trying to get accomplished there at Clark?
6: I think that's big because you got to think every every gentleman that plays NFL football at some point in time graduated from high school.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, maybe not from college but everyone that's in the league right now graduated from high school and they send that if they can do it, I can do it also. And they send somebody that maybe b- might be living out their dream right now. And for them to see that dream being seen and live in, in, in living color is nothing but, you know, a boost for some young man or even some young woman that would desire to, to make that their life go. How much giving does it, back to the community is big.
0: How much does it help you as well, you know, with, with coaching and leading young men and women because you've done it at such a high level?
6: Hey, this generation, man, they is – uh for them seeing it is believing it Mm -hmm. and if they can see someone doing it and it's not just so much of talk but they're actually seeing someone do it they feed and buy in on that because they seeing that it's not just talk it's somebody actually living living it out
0: it actually starting to feel like football weather now right it's got to be pretty fun on friday nights getting out there and it actually feels like you know football weather instead of uh, the hot weather that we're used to having here in the community
6: absolutely man you you hey we, we, we didn't have some different types of weather whoever <laughs> known that Vegas would have had so much rain and games being canceled but like now really this uh feels like football weather man and we're just ready to uh, see what the rest of the season hold for
0: Coach Domain reader from Clark High School is our guest here on Radio nation radio 920 you know there's three parts of the season as far as I'm concerned the non-league the league and then obviously postseason how much does non-league the schedule help you kind of start to get your team put together and understand who they're going to be?
6: For actually, man, the non-league helps us out a lot. We try to schedule some teams that would give us a challenge, but also that would test on where we are that where we are as a program, and uh, and that's a challenge for us. Even this week, we're playing basic, mm-hmm. who was once in our league but moved up to a division. So catching that game later on off in the year helps helps us uh, get ready for postseason. And just being ready to see what you know, the out team stand going into the rest of the year.
0: Does it make a practice the week of practice a little bit more fun when you're coming off that victory? And, and like I said, the players can taste that success and, and they get excited to get back out there on the practice field.
6: Yes, because actually, kids see what we've been preaching and what we've been talking and why we've been uh, demanding so much out of them, and they actually got to see it come together on that Friday night at Cimarron.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And that was a a big win for you. Again, getting the first win of the season and again, getting the getting the players to have a little bit of taste of success. So with that, you earned the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. I know that that's not just a you thing, but just to have your name associated with Coach Flores. How big is that?
6: That's that's big. Just being uh, associated with some of the greats that have either been in a leadership role or even playing this game just to be mentioned in the conversation to let them know it's just not a meat thing, but it's a team thing. And, uh, I couldn't have done it without the the assistant coaches and also our administration and just the staff as a whole. One plays a valid role.
0: Right. No, there's no doubt about that. And coach, I love what high school football does for the community, how it brings, you know, the community together on a Friday night, a Thursday night, whatever the case may be. Is there anything better than high school football? Does it get any really better than this?
6: No, it doesn't get any better than this. It's like the catalyst, the foundation, the beginning of some uh, so many young men's and young women's future that, you know, being a part of that and not just catching them when they go to college or even on the professional level, but to know that you help uh, build and mold that foundation that uh, quite a few of our gentlemen and young women are standing on now.
0: How much does that, uh, you know, make you feel good when a player comes back, a former player and says, coach, thanks. You know, I appreciate what you did for me.
6: That's why I do it. It's not for the accolades. It's not, it's not about the wins or the championships, but it's about some kid that never had a desire to play football or never even had a desire to go to college and for that to come true and to come back and say, coach, thanks, because you know, without you or not the team, uh, none of that wouldn't have been possible. And that's what we have at Clark high school kids that some have never, ever played football until they actually came to Clark as a freshman. And some even picking up that junior, that senior year, and they're now in college playing on four scholarships. So my job in the, uh, our coaching staff and administration, that's our job to, to give these uh, young men another opportunity that might not have been an afforded or given to them growing up.
0: Coach, I love what your mindset said. I think that, you know, you're a pillar in the community, obviously helping our, our youth, you know, grow. And that's what it's all about, uh, raising great young men and women. And so you're doing a, a great job. What has football done for you? Before we wrap up, what, what, I mean, you've done it. You've done it at a high level. What has football done for you?
6: For me, football allowed me allow my family to live a life that probably would not have been able to live. Uh, my mom uh, raising kids and being a, not only a pillar grandmother and grandfather, but allow them what they instilled in me to uh, be able to stand on a platform and say, that, man, I made it. I made it out of the, uh, Memphis, growing up in the, the heart of Memphis. And moving way out of the Vegas and the things that I've uh, learned and and challenged me as a a young black male has made it just that much important to be able to give back and say it can be possibly done.
0: Yeah, and your players are seeing you, and, and they're they're learning from you. And again, like I said, you're a great example in the community of, of what to do, and we need a lot more of that uh, these days. So, Coach, congratulations. I know you guys have a tough game this week, as you mentioned, versus Basic. They're a really good team. Uh, the Wolves are going to bring it, but uh, I know your team is going to be prepared and be, uh, be ready to bring it as well. So congratulations on the victory, and uh, much success to you guys down the road. Thank you so much. There he goes coach Domain reader right there from Clark High School. Really good message, man. Really good message and uh, it's important. And I talk about high school football all the time how important it is to, you know, be good examples in the community for our youth because well, I mean, without that, we don't have anything. Uh, I lo- learned a lot of that lessons being in Texas covering Texas high school football and seeing what it really meant, you know, to these coaches to to be able to associate themselves with these, you know, young players and and start to get some kind of discipline and and dealing with adversity on and off the field and what it really means. And and sometimes I think we get caught up in so much X's and O's, especially as we get older and don't really realize what it means and where it starts. And man, high school football, Friday nights, uh, it's so special. And so we really appreciate all the coaches that go out there and do their, their, their job and and their, you know, hold down their part of the, the bargain and the responsibility of doing what they do. A lot of these guys don't make a lot of money. They're not, right? They're spending a lot of time with our youth, but they're not doing it for the money. Coach Reader's not doing it for the money. Coach Reader's doing it for the opportunity to give back to his community, and that's what it's all about, and that's what the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award uh, is all about each and every week. It's something that the Raiders really pride themselves in being a part of each and every week and, of course, at the end of the year. So many thanks to Coach Reader. We definitely appreciate him. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, close out the show. It's just like that. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: It's time for Reason or Excuse. On unnecessary roughness. Ooh, good to be back here on reason or excuse. Boom. I got, I got plenty of material.
0: <laughs> I bet Man, you've be so been collecting them.
1: Yeah, you know, you're
0: like a squirrel or chipmunk, you've been collecting a bunch of food for the winter in, the, in your
1: cheeks. <laughs> that is accurate, somewhat. Right. Somewhat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone else <laughs> just took that the wrong way. Never mind. I no, reject no. that statement. Yeah. No. No. That's no doubt. No. This is a family show. Keep it clean. Oh no,
1: no. We, we know what you're talking about. Here. All right. And so here's a, here's one of my, uh, can I relate? Here's a nugget. Okay. That's kind of a similar to there what, you go. They, what yep. they store, right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, actually, last week, uh, Patrick M- Pat Mahomes and Jack Del Rio both spoke up about the Tush Push, and now, this week, it's Cowboys star pass rusher Micah Parsons. He says it's a cheat code because the Eagles have the best O-line in football, and Jalen Hurts can squat 600 pounds quote, the Eagles have the best offensive line in football, so yes, it's a cheap code. They're unstoppable at it. They have a quarterback with squatting 600 and knows how to move his legs, so yes, it's OD. We just have to deal with it. We have to adjust. We have to prepare to stop it. Uh, that, plus everyone else's similar viewpoint on it, reason or excuse.
0: No, I mean, it's just theres a, he's not wrong, you know, with the, with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts got going on, but at the end of the day, man, it's the excuse for any any kind of anything thrown out there about it. Just stop it. Right. I mean, look, the Chargers tried to do it. Didn't work. Raiders stopped it. Uh, the Giants tried to do it on uh, not the Giants. Excuse me. The um, the Seahawks tried to do it on uh, on Monday Night Football and the Giants stopped it. So it's stoppable. But the Eagles, it's unstoppable for them because they have the right pieces in place. Like he said, you know, the offensive line and Jalen Hurts is a, is a bad, bad man when it comes to that. Right. And even on on uh, Sunday against Washington. They did the tush-push, and he rolled out. He switched it up a little bit. He didn't even just barrel ahead. He rolled out and still picked up the one yard and had the running back push him on from the outside. It was just different, but it was the same element to it. So, yeah, I mean, anyone complaining about it, it's just excuses. Stop it. It's it's like everything else, man. At some point, you'll figure out how to stop it. If you can't, then you can't, and then they, they're they on something. So uh, I don't say outlaw it. I say it's fine. I like it. I'm glad they came up with it, and – Jalen Hurts is a dude, man, and he's making it happen. And, well, the Eagles are 4-0, so shout-out to
1: him. You know, there you go. Uh, Caleb Williams says he can make more money returning to USC next season than as a rookie in the NFL. Says he can pick what team he wants to go to because of that. We've we've discussed this before. Um, And I'm just throwing this back out there because uh, the sources say that the only five teams he would play for are the Cowboys, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and 49ers. That doesn't seem right.
0: I mean, those are the ones he wants to play for. Why wouldn't he? I mean, those are you know franchises that you know sound like a a cool, cool opportunity for a young man that's playing in L.A. right now, right? I mean, for the most part, maybe I question the Vikings a little bit, but
1: I guess I'm in a recency. I'm caught in the moment, but I'm thinking. And of course, love the Raiders, but I'm I'm thinking like if he's looking at you know what's going on currently in. No, why wouldn't he want to play in Vegas? Sure, sure. I mean, look. I mean, why would you want to play in the NFL, period? Just Right, here, exactly. Like that. That's what
0: I was about to say. And John McClain said it earlier on the show. Yeah, NIL money's great. But if you're the number one overall pick and you can get 22, 25, 28, what did, what did Bryce Young get this year? $39 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract? That, that NIL money ain't $39 million guaranteed. Right. Right, so – you know, if you're going to be the number one overall pick, which he is going to be the number one overall pick, you got to go. I don't care what team you're going to play for. You got to do it. Now, if you're, uh, uh you know, maybe a little bit lesser, you know, a lower level guy, I could maybe see you saying I'll stay. I'll stay one more year and try to build my stock. Plus, I'm getting paid fine. But, man, these top tier guys, they're, they're getting paid too much. Caleb Williams sounds like he he got options, but and he does but I don't think realistically he's he's not going to go to the NFL next year.
1: Yeah, I also think it's very obvious that he's – I mean, within some reason. He's probably going to do – I don't think it's going to be a question if he's going to get a top-tier contract over time. I don't think it's a question if he's going to be dominant in the league. Uh, you never know. But with that said, I think it's a smart move on him.
0: Yeah, what, what were the five teams again, he said? The Vikings, the
1: Cowboys, the Cal- Raiders – Cowboys, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and 49ers. Right.
0: Giants, that's right. the New York market. 49ers, that's the Bay Area market. So, And San Francisco's a really good team. So, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. again, all those teams, sense. maybe the one I would question is Minnesota, but whatever. It's right? right He's there. Obviously, they got some weapons there in Minnesota that he could throw the rock too, so that I can see very that. Very true. But I don't think that those five teams actually matter. I, I really don't. Uh, right. And I saw that on Twitter as well, and I don't know how even – Accurate that is because it's on Twitter and well, we know how that is, so we know that. Yeah, uh,
1: so right back on to Twitter on that note. Uh, at Fanimal underscore tweeted a couple days ago, Giannis says he'll leave Milwaukee to win a championship, and the Bucks responded by trading for Dame. Embiid says he'll leave Philly to win a championship, and the Sixers responded by having Maury take a picture out front of Crumble Cookies location. <laughs> What the F did I do to deserve this heartbroken emoji? Uh, when it's time to Here's the reason or excuse. When it's time to make important decisions regarding the future of the organization, the Sixers epically fail most of the time. This is just the latest example.
0: Yeah, that's a real reason. And uh, the other reason is Daryl Morey got in bed with James Harden when mm. James Harden was still in Brooklyn. And he should have known from his time in Houston that James Harden ain't him. Right. He's just not. And so when he went and made the decision to go make a move for Fat James because James decided he was going to get fat so he could leave, he did that twice. Right. He left. He left Houston. He got fat and happy and left Houston. Then when he wasn't happy in Brooklyn, he got fat again and went to Philly. And then all of a sudden he got in good shape last year and he wasn't a winner. So now he wants out again and they're saying no. He doesn't report to camp. So I'm sure he's going to get fat and happy. And maybe that's why Crumble Cookies was in the picture because that's the James Harden get him out of town uh, kit. I don't know. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, the go. Philly's got some issues. Uh, they got a lot of excuses and they got a lot of reasons for their failures. They need to get those cleaned up. We'll be back tomorrow right here, 2 to 5 on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Portisubs.